This episode will be discussing the 20th anniversary of Disturbing Behavior and The Faculty, two teen-oriented, high school-oriented horror films. One was a hit and one was a miss. Well, actually, one might have been a miss, too, if you think about what Destination or Dimension Pictures was thinking of for their box office. I'm your host, Michael. On the other side here is Mindy. Hey! Uh, <laughs> hey, did we see both those movies in the theater? Now, that's the funny thing is, we went and saw Halloween H2O and uh, Disturbing Behavior within a week of each other, okay. and that was in the summer of 98, and then I came back from Christmas break right after graduating, and I did not see the faculty with you. You might have seen it with someone else. I went and saw it with two other family members, one who I couldn't believe at the age that he was at was, oh God, I don't remember if I saw it in theater. Maybe I just saw it on video. I don't recall. Yeah. the um, Well, there's so many of these movies at the time. It's really hard. I was listening to a podcast today talk about all the teen movies uh, from Can't Hardly Wait until, well, I would say from Can't Hardly Wait to Orange County is like that prime chunk of teen uh, comedies. I saw all of them movies. You did, and I saw quite a few of those too, but not in theaters. And I feel like a lot of those have been forgotten. Uh, so this is the post-scream boom of the slasher horror film. A lot of them are carbon copies of Scream. We had Urban Legend. We had the revival of H- uh, Halloween. We saw all those movies. We, did, we saw a lot of them. Uh, but the, the reason I picked Disturbing Behavior and Faculty is because they were different than the slasher. Now the Faculty has more of like that formula. That mm-hmm. Dimension Pictures use so much in their yeah. films. Well, yeah, I, I know you can't do. Uh, I know what you can't do last <laughs> summer. <laughs> I know you can't say the sentence. Um, I know what you come did last summer. Come and get me. Um, I forgot that was another one of those. It's this is that heyday of the Kevin Williamson way of talking, which is now so inauthentic and head scratching and awkward. But at the time, it was revolutionary. So when people would talk like this. You're just like, oh my god, they sound just like real teenagers. No. No, they do not. Have you ever listened to a teenager? They're usually like, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> That's my job. That is uh, my. That is like 85% of my job is just to listen to teenagers talk. So, yeah, yeah no, they don't talk like that. No, it's just Dawson was very... Uh, uh, just was- very well spoken. Unlike me right now at this moment. But it's just the way they would talk. It's just like nobody has a prepared speech that no, sounds like No, it was good. all very verbose. You know, so much more words than were necessary. Yeah. And all of those words were, let's just pull something very intelligent sounding out of the dictionary. Even though nobody talks like that, including your teachers. Right. Okay, so the difference between the Scream Trilogy and everything that came after that is... Yes, it had a sense of humor. Yes, it had maybe an extra step up in dialogue because slasher films are notorious for being like the dumbest of the dumb. People are so stupid and poorly spoken that you kind of wish for their death. That's the weird thing about the Jason and Michael Myers movies is that a lot of them are dumb dumbs. And you're just like, ah, I can't wait to see this guy get his head ripped off. But the problem with the other movies is that it seemed to be copying the Dawson's Creek way of talking, which was just, like, bonkers level. So, like, you got Killing Mrs. Tingle from the Kevin Williamson world, you know, and that was a huge flop. Uh, I was trying to think of the other side. So he, ne- he did Scream 2, but he didn't do Scream 3, and it was like he was too busy doing stuff, and I just... I, I don't know exactly what he was doing during this era. Now he mostly does television. I know he was kicked off of Dawson's Creek on season three, I think. And that's when it went into someone else's hands. 
But the way that they talk from there on out, like the next decade is the way that all these teen TV shows and movies, you know, that's the way they spoke. So a lot of them are hard to look back on. Um, I like Disturbing Behavior. There was a period where I really, really loved it, like when we first saw it in theaters. That was the very first DVD that I ever purchased. Really? Uh, I think it's funny that I just bought a DVD player for 16 bucks. Um, 20 years ago, I got one for a graduation present. It was 250 I think. I don't know, man. <laughs> but I remember like looking at Disturbing Behavior and saying, I've never seen anything look this real before. It's like I'm in the room with them. <laughs> and it had the deleted scenes with Ethan Embry. Because we mm-hmm. always wondered why he was in the movie for just, like, what, 10 seconds? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, this is what it's about. It's um, basically this kid uh, moves to a new town. He's had a troubled past. He just lost his older brother. And he's at a school, uh, kind of retro-feeling kind of school. It's a lot of these 50s-style tropes, you know, the, the greasers and the, and the preps. And it seems like the preps are just a little too perfect. And every time they go up against the greasers, it seems like one of them changes and becomes part of the preps. And it's kind of this weird mystery of, like, why is it these kids that are rebellious all of a sudden become part of the system? And saying really, really cheesy lines like, ice, ice, baby. <laughs> and they hang out at the ice cream shoppy. Shoppy. Um, <laughs> but then it's this mystery of, like, what is happening to all these kids? And, you know, it's just, I don't want to give away the whole thing, but just, like... Trying to find the perfect society, trying to find the perfect way of uh, controlling a town through science mm-hmm. uh, can be dangerous as hell. And basically the main guy discovers like what's going on and so he tries to not even really, not necessarily stop it, but really just get out without getting trapped, to get, right, getting roped right. in himself, keeping himself and his like sister safe from getting... Caught up in the whole madness. This was a first for a lot of people in this yes. movie that I think I've seen. James Marsden, I think it was his first studio film, first starring role. And I didn't think his career was going to go anywhere until X-Men came out, which was also a fluke because I think if I remember correctly, they went to, to Duchovny first, but his mm, price I'm was too sure. heavy. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, and James Marsden is actually quite a bit younger. Yes, he is. Uh, we have Katie Holmes. This is right after that first chunk of Dawson's Creek, and I believe that she had not the show had not aired before she was cast, and they found the videotape by accident. It was sent in uh, with something else, and I think she was auditioning for a different movie and ended up on David Nutter's uh, table, and he popped it in. He was like, "This girl's great. What is this?" You know? Yeah, I, like, I think she might have filmed like. One movie was it? The Ice Storm was before all of this. No, I, I really think Ice Storm was ninety nine. When then? What about Wonder Boys? There's some. No, that was two thousand. There's something that ca- that came before the show. Well, the Dawson's Creek pilot. I think that's what. Maybe her, that's uh, just yeah. it. Then I don't know. That was know. her audition tape. Um, David Nutter is a Canadian director. Didn't do a lot of movies. Mostly known for doing television. Uh, made a good god lo- mound of money off of Smallville. I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but if you're a director who produ- who uh, directs the very first episode of a TV series and it gets picked up, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's 13 episodes or 400 episodes, you get paid for every single episode after that. Wow, that's dope. So what was that? Almost 200 episodes. David Nutter got paid every well, single. Well, it was time. on for what 10, 11 years. Yeah. Ten years, I believe. Twenty-four episodes. You know, that's that's. I mean, even if it's ten thousand dollars, that's nice. He did nice. a lot of X Files, right? Correct. Um, did he do the um? That's what's that spinoff show? 
the Lone Gunman. The Lone Gunman. Yeah. Did look at this right now. Look at all of these TV shows that he did. Let me they put got on my glasses. Up. He gets paid every single time. So Space Above and Beyond was only a minor success. Okay, yeah, I thought about Millennium, Roswell, three seasons. Uh, Roswell, Dark Angel, Smallville without a trace. That was on, I think it's still on. I'm I didn't sure. know about Jack and Bobby. Not that very many people did. Supernatural. Supernatural. That's... He never has to work again if he doesn't want well, to. Well, I mean, it's on what, season 14. Yeah, Arrow, The Flash. He gets paid every time. That is crazy. That's pretty impressive. And that's just the ones that got picked up. Think about all the ones that he probably did before that. I'm trying to find other movies. I know that he did uh, Trancers. I want to say he did Trancers 4 and 5 back-to-back in Romania. It's not showing here, but uh, I really don't think he's done a lot of movies. But I think he did a very good job of disturbing behavior. It's not... Um, it doesn't look like television. No, it, it does not. It looks Canadian. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I got a really bad hiccup there. Um giant cinnamon I think, roll. Yeah, yeah, I think the language is what dates it more than anything else. It's not yeah. really how it looks or or the plot line or, or or even the actors really. It's just it's it's the language, you're right. Who is uh who's the kid again from uh, T Terminator uh, 3 the one that Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl. Uh, yes. the scene where him and his best friend are Explaining everyone in the cast. That is the most. I you know, would say. all of the all of the groups in the cast. Does does the computer just know me? I wrote the word in disturbing, and it automatically just gives me disturbing behavior. Yeah, it, it knows your every move. Don't, oh god! Can't you figure that out by now? Creepy. I thought Nick Stahl was like the shiz. Like seriously, I was such a huge fan of his. I mean, I was a, completely and utterly obsessed with um, Carnival. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, he... a show that left it on a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Damn it. We were pretty broken up about that. But anyway, I mean, he he was, I thought, you know, he was really going places. Mm-hmm. But he sort of died off. I don't know if well, he's acting at all anymore. Yeah, his drugs, I think, took a hold of him, and he was yeah. wandering around the streets. I'm trying to find the kid who played his best friend. And I'm, that's not him. Oh, yeah, the one who says the funny stuff. Yeah, freak week, man. Uh, which, the end of the movie, the original cut of Disturbing Behavior, he saves the day. Oh. Not a lot of people know that. They get to the wharf. I don't uh, remember the original cut. He gets to the wharf, whatever, and he takes out the bad guy um, by shooting them, and nobody expects him to be even, you know, because he seems like such a shy kid. Um but, you know, of course, the ending we we saw, I'm not going to ruin it, but it's totally different, and it's more expensive. Um, we also have Steve Rails back, kind of making a comeback. I feel like he was gone for a long time doing, like, directed video movies, and then he would show up in this and Dark Angel and stuff like that. So he had a minor comeback. That dude is uh, a little off. I did not remember that Catherine Isabel played his younger sister. And, you know, Catherine Isabel probably isn't on the radar of, like, the average person, but for us who watched Ginger Snaps maybe just a few too many times. Yeah. And and then she's, you know, she's a very popular Canadian actress, especially in horror, the horror genre. You know, she had her run in a, a kind of an important small s- section in small, um, Supernatural. Um, and then, uh, I can't remember what else, but she does, she's done lots of things, but this is, I mean, this was definitely before Ginger Snaps. Right. This is very young here. Um, it's funny looking back at a lot of these, uh, Canadian movies. Yes, they're made by American Congress, they're shot in Canada, but then you see these actors who only do really Canadian stuff. We have Bruce Greenwood, who is one of the few actors to be able to do lots of Canadian stuff, but also 
always asked to do American productions. Bruce no, my Green director, most, everywhere. I think they are shot in Vancouver. I don't think there's a place to be an actor and you are going to have a career. You're going to have a long career no matter what you do, unless you're huge and you can't escape like a lead role. I mean, look at Matt Frewer. His heyday with American audiences was 25 years ago. But in Canada, he's still a huge thing. I mean, oh, he's yeah. constantly on TV shows. And it, it's kind of nice because I think the market there is much, much smaller. And not everybody's rushing to Vancouver or Toronto to get roles. But also, things that may sometimes appear to be American shows are really not. Because they're, I mean, they're filmed in Canada. Say, Eureka. Yeah. You know, that kind Most of thing. Most sci-fi shows You know, he in. had a, a real nice run on that show. And I realized that it is the sci-fi channel, so anyone could come across it. it. But it's not, I wouldn't necessarily say it's American TV. No, no, no. It, um, a lot of these shows are negative pickups. Like, the Canadian company will produce it, and they'll say, hey, uh, this is ready to go to air. Do you want the rights? And usually it's a cable station that will pick it up. Mm-hmm. I think only... I mean, two or three TV shows, we're off subject here, but two or three TV shows have ever been picked up by an American network. And that was Due South. Uh, what's the one with uh, Enrico Colantani? Or he was a SWAT member? You know, like SWAT? Nah, it wasn't SWAT. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then the ones with... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Sorry. I'll stop there. But there's, it's only ever happened a few times. Um, we have William Sadler. The rats from the bay. Rats from the bay. No, seriously, <laughs> though, William Sadler is just primo. Primo in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the real reason to watch it this is. over and he's over again. So amazing in this role, and yeah, he's my favorite part. I mean, there's there's good actors throughout. Here's what David Nutter did, which makes this movie stand out beyond like what a lot of these uh, slasher post scream copycats did was be eccentric. There's some weird stuff in this movie that mm-hmm. no one else, I think, American would do. It has a, a sense of humor, and some of it's unintentional. Well, maybe not. I'm not sure if he's messing with us. Because the stuff where Nick Stahl says, like, all those cheesy one-liners, whatever the, the, the preppy guys say the, the stuff. Because um, I remember thinking that was, like, in the theater going, what the fuck? Why would they say that? And then watching a video. Do you remember watching this with your friends? And they hated this movie. And they mocked it the entire way. And I got so mad that I left. <laughs> I don't remember that. But I'm not surprised. Because I do think that there is a really fine line. Like... If you laugh with it or at it, yeah, and you know? I, yeah, and I was just like uncomfortable, and I was like, man, they're ruining this movie. I like, and um, AJ Buckley, holy crap, Chug. Now he's a guy I still see on a regular basis, and he's the one who was the freak out. Was he the one that was like obsessed Perf- with Ra- with yeah. Rachel? Yeah. The um, that's the character played yeah. by whatever her name is. <laughs> Why are we forgetting this all? Katie Holmes. Um, you know what bothers me? There is one scene in the movie. And I think it's because we saw it after Dawson's Creek. When he filmed it at the time, he probably didn't think it was hokey. But you remember the part when they're out in the parking lot and it's in slow-mo and they're playing that, my monster's side. She's just like this. She's, she's just like, is she just like, Nothing. she's dancing in the back of the pickup truck. Yep. It's so awkward. Like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't work at all. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know if it was this or Halloween H2O. I think it was H2O, but there was a, a person behind us. Like two rows behind us that wouldn't shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh god, oh my god, ah, what are you gonna do? And, and and I think we were both getting irritated, but you told him to shut the hell up. We're trying to watch the movie, and then I think some reason he threatened to beat me up. And then I looked at his big friends, and we stayed through the entire credits. Um, I, hoping... you know, that really describes so many potential viewing experiences <laughs> because that's one of my biggest pet peeves in life. It is really really hard for me 
to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. UV, what's his name? Isn't UV, that... why is it so far down? He is in the entire movie. He's in this more than Nick Stahl. He's like and he was 30, 30 credits yeah. down. That was insane. I was trying to find him this whole time. I remember him only uh, this in Final Destination, but he was a pretty good actor. He really loses himself in that role of UV, and I, I was impressed. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I don't. He's done tons of stuff, but look, yeah, he's still yeah. acting constantly. What is this TV show called? Blind Spot. Blind Spot. It's been on for three years. Yeah, it's on NBC. It's a real hot show. Wait, does uh, it have the real... girl from Thor in it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I'm not sure I recognize anybody else, but this is the first time that we saw Brendan Fair for a moment. He's a motor jock, and he runs down the... <laughs> I'm so pathetic, I was trying to find him. I know he's in this movie. And then you see him running down the stairs or whatever, uh, in one scene past the main cast, and he walks into the, the dining hall, and then that's where they have their big scene. He's, like, messing around. They're like, those are the jocks, man. And, that, and he's... This is a Carly Pope, is it? I don't remember seeing Carly Pope. I don't either. I was looking that up. Um, Isn't Carly Pope the one that was on that... Um... Popular. popular, yeah. Uh, She's in Orange County. A really good movie with her and Brendan Fair is called Endgame, where they're playing. Oh yeah, this, I remember that. Yeah, and it, it didn't do very well, but yeah. Why she doesn't that have on? the Highlander guy? In yeah, it? she's on. Amazing? She's been on um, Arrow very recently. Not this. I haven't seen this most yeah. recent season, but the season before, and I was like, oh, she is still so pretty. Another Canadian show. This is one of those soundtracks that I bought based on one or two songs. I couldn't. No, 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 that's not right. Hold on a second. I bought the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. I listened to it for years. I still don't know what happened to it. I must have lost it somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, but there's a song in there, I Got You Where I Want You, which was the big hit from this. And oh, I bought... I got you where I want you. Do you remember the videos where they're lemmings and they run off the cliff while no. James Mars and Kitty Holmes stand there? No. Nope. Um, sucka, sucka, I like a leather. I can't remember. This is when that rap rock started kicking in. Um, but I bought the Fly CD. Okay. And that was the only good song. Nice. Because that's the only one that was produced, apparently, by someone else. The rest of them sounded like, you know the Beastie Boys songs? They are sound like they're distorted talking through, a, you know, like some sort of microphone. That's my favorite style ever. Yeah, and that's the entire CD. I couldn't tell what they were saying. Nothing I like more than music I can't quite understand. Now, this is the part of the episode <laughs> we're all looking for. We did this all for magic, no, for, uh, so that we could talk about Harvey Danger. Oh, that's the whole reason why we did this? No. Talk about our favorite well, band? Yeah, yeah, it's our favorite band, but no, and I mean, it's still a fun movie. There's oh, for some, sure. There's some cheesy moments, but it holds up very well. I think the concept is what sells it, plus the cast is so good. But here's the thing. Uh, Harvey Danger has only been known to the most of the world as a one-hit wonder because of the song that was in this movie, but mostly because it was in the trailer. I was so excited to see the trailer. This is one of those early days when you would go on the internet and try to find trailers instead of just going to one place like YouTube. Uh -huh. And I remember watching this trailer like quite a few times going, what the hell is that song? That song is so good. And um, I think I think it eventually it played on our alternative radio station. It is so good. The uh, all three albums are fantastic. Harvey Danger is my flat-out favorite band. Devo, a very, very close second. But a lot of it's because um, Devo had, like, what, ten albums? And the quality kind of wanes at the end. Harvey Danger, three albums, one EP. I don't think there's a single bad song. No. And you know what the saddest part is? What? Is that they broke up when we never got to see them live. I moved to Portland a month after their final show. That they, is the saddest yeah. story. Yeah, and then they did like a, then they did a final Christmas show like two months later in Seattle, and I couldn't go there. I, I wish they would get back together. I'm actually shocked that for their 20th anniversary they didn't, unless I missed it. Uh, probably didn't Seattle, so I couldn't get there. 
Um, so Harvey Danger had three albums. The first one is the one that everybody knows, Where the Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone, which had uh, Flagpole Sitter, which is the one song that everybody knows, but they don't know it's called Flagpole Sitter. Mm-mm. They think it's called, like, uh, Paranoia, Paranoia, Everybody's Coming to I know, I me. used to think that there was slightly different words than there really were. I used <laughs> to say really inappropriate things. Do you remember me sending you the, a cassette of this? While my last semester of college telling you that I bought this, it's the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I don't really remember that, but I'm sure it happened because then I became obsessed with them too. And to this day, still love them. My favorite track is not that one. That's probably my favorite radio single. I like, um, I like Carlotta Valdez. Uh, that's one great. That one's about uh, Vertigo, which you had to tell me because I had never seen that movie. Oh, yeah, it's all about uh, the movie Vertigo. It's, they're so good. They're Jack just, the Lion? They just write such good songs. I, we're really diverting from the movies now. No, this is... I'm literally putting this in Dude, here. This is seriously, people. I don't care how old it is. Go find the damn album. Yeah. Uh, the first one's the one that... If you heard him, that's when you know. But King James is great. Uh, that's their follow-up. Where of all the... Mary, no, no, no. Uh, Sad Sweetheart the Rodeo is the oh, single they had off man, that Man, that video is so good. People have to remember that because that had a... What's her name in it? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? I don't, I don't know, think I've ever seen the video. You've actually. never seen them? The video I, has Ioni Sky in it. No kidding. Yeah, it's good. Um, then they had another minor hit off of the 200 Cigarettes. When they did... Oh, uh, 200 Cigarettes, that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So they did a single for that remake of Save It For Later. Mm. Um, then we went a really long time because the label didn't want them anymore, which I, I it's weird. You look at music in the seventies and eighties, and it seemed like they gave bands a lot more chances than they did in the nineties and two thousands. Now it makes sense because album sales are so terrible that they only have a small window of profit. They can't really afford to mold a band. Um, but th- they dropped them after their second one. I think it was Slash Reprise. And uh, we had to go five years. Um, five sad years. So little by little was their final swan song, but we didn't know this at the time. I remember getting the deluxe package with the two CD, all the extra singles, the shirt, the poster, the the sticker I had in my uh, locker for a long time at work. And that is their finest moment. I don't think there is a better album. There's no big singles. Uh, well, Little Round Mirrors is a pretty strong single. Oh, I like this one. Um... But that is, it's almost as if he knew it was over. Is there any way we can send this recording to them and just be like, just, just get back together for these two pathetic people could, who could, love you. Could you at least sing the theme song to Video Night? <laughs> That'd be so cool. Um, I keep expecting the Aquabats to sue us for using that little clip at the beginning. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And, and they put out a couple singles after that and they were done. They, they went off into their own things. Sean Nelson, he's been working in movies, you know, doing music for them. I think a little bit of acting. He had his own album out a few years ago, but it's just not the same. No. Uh, and, and then The Long Winters is the other band that split off from this. They're fine, but it's just not the same, and I wish they would get back together. That's the weirdest thing, is you can be an actor and, and have a lot of bombs. But you can still get work. You know, you're just no longer a lead. There's no support roles for a band. You know, there's no cameos. There's no and. Yeah, dude. You know who's working again? Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He's working hardcore again. So if he can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. But you're right. As an individual person, it's a lot easier to do than as a collective group. It's so strange. Oh, uh, especially man. if you go as like a guitarist. Like, okay, so uh, Offshoot, um, the main guitarist for Aquabats is also in like 
four other bands. He was in Gerard Way's band years ago, uh, you know, when he split off from My Chemical Romance. You can do that, but it's hard, especially for a lead singer, to jump into a new band. It just It's kind of surprising that Sean Nelson has only had one album in the last 13 years. I'm just thinking about how sad it is that My Chemical Romance broke up. Yeah, a lot. And then that makes me think of Motion City soundtrack that they broke up. They did? I didn't know that. I saw them, and when I saw them, it was their last tour. Damn. So it's been like two years. But I just think it's funny if Smash Mouth can keep playing county fairs every year and keep going, why is it other bands can't? Maybe they're just too volatile and they don't want to do it together. I don't know. I get the feeling, the thing about Harvey Danger that separates them from most bands is that they're so heavy layered mm-hmm. i always call it lyrical hopscotch the way they they i they don't waste a single moment of a song i hate songs that are three and a half minutes and two and a half minutes of it is repeating the chorus that's most songs yeah and i hate that and that's why harvey danger is so amazing it's he used every single shred of a song there's no excess when the song's done it's done usually done with a rip the guitar. Okay, they're super dope. Okay. All let's, right. Let's, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> all right. I just had to do because trying to do an RV Danger episode all by itself was going to get two listeners. Uh, the yeah, second us. The, the Faculty. Um, also, another soundtrack that I had, but most of that, I believe, was remakes of classic uh, rebellious songs like School's Out and Teacher Leave Us Alone. What was that? What's that? Another Brick in the Wall. Do you know why I watched that movie? What, just now? No, ever. Why? Because I had my stupid, stupid crush on stupid, 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 and what's his name? Uh, Josh Hartnett? Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, okay. My forever, ever crush on Elijah Wood. Uh, yeah. Your decoupage table, you still got that with the, the pictures yes. all over it? Yeah. I have it. Uh, this was supposed to be the big, big Christmas uh, movie for Dimension. Uh, Christmas, that's silly. I know, right? That's the weird thing. It's a set of trend. 96, Screen came out as a counter-programming they, they would do that a few times, like they did with Ghost in the Machine and stuff like that. Um, so they put that out, and it ended up being a massive hit. I still remember sitting in the theater screaming at the girl behind us, like, I've never seen so much blood in my life! And you're like, what a pussy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but by that time, how many how many horrible movies yeah, did I have seen, seen in the theater? Yeah, so. Oh my god. Um, and then Scream 2 made just as much, and, and you know they're both a year apart. So Christmas, 98, another script by Kevin Williamson. We got hot director Robert Rodriguez. He made this on the cheap which I did not know at the time. I discovered I was shocked because it looks like a twenty-five to thirty million dollar horror film. He did it for fourteen, and a lot that's of... pretty impressive considering how many people were in There's it. So many. I feel like most of the money went to the cast. I mean, I realized that, that none of them were like huge stars or anything at the time. Really, that's but a thing like... that he mastered though. Bringing somebody yes. for a day shoot. He shoots fast. He writes his own things. He usually, well, except for this one. Uh, he usually edits, shoots, and directs his own movies, and then he works on the special effects later at Troublemaker Studios. But this was the one that was a rush. I remember they were rushing uh, the production of this, and I, for some reason I feel like there was a bunch of Gap commercials trying to promote the new faces of Hollywood. And They used to do that a lot. Gap and Old Navy used to do that a yeah. lot back then. The, um, but it didn't open that well, and it didn't finish off that well. Because remember, Scream did not open well. I think it was like fifth place, like $6 million dollars. But word of mouth kept it going. Uh, the faculty finished off with $40 million. And it's one of the few movies that Dimension did um, that did okay. That he never did a direct-to-video sequel. Like, I can... Everything they... They did a sequel to They, I think. They did a sequel to... What's the one with uh, Veronica Mara? Pulse. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and Pulse. Feast. I forgot about that. They made so many direct-to-video sequels to all their movies. Prophecy and stuff like that. But nothing for the faculty. Thank uh, you. 
Yeah, almost. Uh, there's a Breakfast Club vibe, I think, yes. to the faculty. Absolutely. Um, but they don't talk in any way normal. And that's the most irritating part to the, the this movie. I Every time they say stuff, especially insulting stuff, mm-hmm. no, nobody would say that. Nobody talks like that. This is just trying to be as cool as possible. No. And Kevin Williamson directed that, or wrote that too? He did. It's weird because I watched it earlier today and I, I don't kind of really remember anything specific, but... I... I just always... I think the reason why... Part of the reason why I like this movie is that they, they started out very stereotypically with like oh this is the jock this is the blah 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 you know how they do that and then they totally like flip it and turn it sideways by the end which is kind of nice sean hattesey is highly underrated yes i agree always actually most of the cast is really great yes i agree um who's the girl again uh the tougher one clear clea duvall clea duvall fantastic Mm mm-hmm um, both of them should have had really bright futures, but they're also unconventionally good-looking. Yes. You know how shallow Hollywood is. Claire Duvall's doing fine, by the way. Like, she really is yeah. still doing stuff. Because oh, I, lo- I looked it up for pretty recently. Uh, this is when we made Usher an actor for some reason. He's okay. He was only in, like, ten minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they put him in the promotions and the poster, and I'm like... Yeah, but wasn't he also in... What's that movie? Well, with Texas Rangers. I know he's Freddie Prince Jr. makeover movie with Rachel. Is she? Is he and she's all that? I think. Oh, we'll, I we'll think. be discussing that one next year. I um, think so. Because '99 is the explosion of the teen comedy, and there's a few I want to discuss in that. Mm-hmm. Um, another that's about another Miramax, huh? I think. That's the thing I respect though about not the wine sons. Please don't flip my shit because that guy's a creeper. And so is his brother. But as a company, that they would kind of have their group of actors they would reuse like the way roger corman would do like loyalty kind of yeah as yeah. like look you may do a full part in this we'll give you 10 minutes well, in that's this. Another, we'll keep you employed but that's another thing with, like kevin williamson is a complete example of that mm-hmm. right because yeah. what katie holmes was in tingle right dawson's creek the uh this i don't know if there's other stuff but i mean that's a lot of a lot of stuff yeah if, if i remember correctly for miramax he did uh-huh. scream scream 2 uh, outline for Scream 3, Outline for Scream 4, uh, Killing Mrs. Tingle. Was Which was a pretty bad movie, Teaching though. Mrs. Tingle? Didn't it get changed because it, Columbine? It yeah. changed to teaching. The book was Killing Mrs. Uh, Tingle. Which it. was a Killing Mr. Griffin, which I think has the same plot. From See, that's why... There's a problem oh. I have. I have a problem with Kevin Williamson because I feel like a lot of his stuff is regurgitated ideas. Yeah. And Puppet Masters with Donald Sutherland from 1994. Oh my god, we saw that at the movie theater. Yes. Uh. That has a very similar plot to The Faculty. Yes. But then you go back in time, you see that it's in a lot of movies, but those two seem the most bonded. Same mm-hmm. company, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, with this one, you know, it's, it's an alien evasion movie, which I love those, especially the ones where the odds are just so high against you and they're, they're accumulating really fast. Uh, but let's talk about the cameos real quick, or short roles. And I feel like he really did grab them for one day. We have Salma Hayek, mm-hmm. we have Robert Patrick, He's in a little bit more than everybody yes. else. So is Famke Jansen. We have John Stewart. Yes. B.B. Uh, Newworth. Was it... What was the older teacher's name? The woman, Piper Laurie? Yes. I think you're talking about the really, really old one that got dehydrated. No, no, just the older one. Piper Laurie. I don't know what she Chris was... Chris McDonald's What in she's it famous for. A minute. for yeah. uh, Piper Laurie was in Carrie as the mom. Is that it? Okay. I Roll, make fun of you! Yeah, that, that's a messed up movie, too. Okay. Um... Yeah, who else? I think there's a lot of little things in there. Like, just little faces. What's the, the kid from uh, Scream 2? He was the 
the news reporter that was assisting uh, Courtney, Dwayne Martin. Dwayne Martin's in it as a cop for like 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's just funny how he just filled it with all these great faces and also made it unpredictable who was going to go, you know, with Yeah, who. and, you know, I think pretty much all of those faces, I dare say, are still fairly known and recognizable, with the exception of maybe, like, What's her name? Laura Ramsey, the blonde one. Oh, she did a right. few things. She was on 24, I believe, the second season. She was in a few things when you know around that time, but I don't know that she does stuff still. Yeah. But otherwise, like, um, you know, what's what's Jordana Brewster? Jordana Jordana Brewster's, you know, she was in pretty almost all the Fast and Furious movies, and then she was on. Um, I'm sorry, my brain. Um, that TV show, the remake of the movie with Mel Gibson. Leave the weapon? Is she on Leave the weapon? I have only seen yes. one episode of that. She's, but she, I think they canceled it because uh, of all the drama. But... No, no, no. Sean William Scott. Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, I'm not going to watch it anymore now. But um, but it's Sean William Scott. But she was, she. so she's, you know, on a very, still very regularly acting. Yeah. These movies are so old. This is when Sean William Scott wasn't an actor yet. I know. It was two years away, I think. Or Josh one year Hartnett, away. he was just so dreamy with that terrible, terrible haircut. Did you remember? Yeah, he said he would cut it himself. That's why it looks so it's weird. so bad. So rebellious. Just so bad. Uh, he had just been in H2O before that, so they really packed. Which he did we both also movies. saw at the theater. Yeah. Um, i trying to think. Are those all the kids? Because it's, it's like a six-pack, whatever, kids, who are the main focus. I do like the... Uh, the um, Caffeine idea. Uh-huh. Wait, wasn't, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt one of the... There was somebody that was famous in part of the kids. Remember they go to Josh Harden to get... Danny Masterson. I don't know Danny where... Danny Masterson, JGL yeah. was in uh, Halloween H2O in the beginning. Yes. Um, that's right, Danny Masterson. And I'm pretty sure the guy that was with him, not that he's really famous or anything, but he was the guy from... Um, Jason confused the young one with the hair. Oh my God! Right, the one who pissed you off because he'd do that every five minutes. Ugh. Well, I, don't I don't remember his name, but he know. really didn't act very much, no. except for in that, that and then that other, um, the other movie with them that it was like drawing kind of version. No, Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was in that too, but yeah, I don't I can't know remember that kid's name. His name, and he not was not a good actor. He was only in pretty much in stuff with. I don't know who directed. Oh, uh, Richard Linklater. Thank you. Oh, I don't. I do not know. Maybe what's that's wrong. how he ended up in this movie because Richard Linklater is a famous Texas director. He's part of that group in the '90s that you know, like Kevin Smith, Robert yeah. Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino. Sorry, but, I keep forgetting names. Robert Rodriguez and Richard Linklater both operate out of Austin. I see. They must. Uh, he must have been friends with Linklater. Said, "Hey, who you made this kid? Whatever." Yeah, just yeah. need more kids probably yeah, yeah. to fill out the cast. Hey, you got paid, so what? what can, can you complain? No. Um. It also followed that trend of find someone with a name. Usually it was much bigger than B.B. Noworth and take him out in the first five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was always a shock. But it was like, then it became a thing and you just got used to that. Um, still can't believe that Drew Barrymore thing. We were so shocked when that happened. And I know, that like, really well, just like, just totally turned our world upside down. Yeah, it's it's the cycle rule though. You, you spend a half hour with Janet Leigh, they take her out and you're like, what? Um... I think that's about all I want to say with those movies. I think it's really action-packed. It constantly moves. The special effects, for the most part, work. Yeah. Uh, this is this is when special effects started getting sophisticated enough that, for the most part, especially creature effects, they were believable. Yeah. It didn't even look bad even after all this time, really. It, it's harder to do with, like, water and fire. You know, things are constantly flowing. It's hard to make it look realistic. Um, I think the part when someone's head comes off and turns to a squid monster... I don't, yeah. some of the, the stuff doesn't make sense to me, 
I don't exactly understand how you can take someone's head off and can reattach itself. That reminds me of Mars Attacks. Uh, eyeball? Yeah. Eyeball? That, yeah. That's the part where certain family member of ours screamed out loud and, ah, and the fingers are missing. I was like, have you never seen a horror movie? No. Really? You've been on this planet for like 45 years you've never seen a horror movie? No. Why did you agree to come to this? <laughs> Just we, so humorous. We saw a lot of quote-unquote horror movies then. I don't really like them now. I don't either. Isn't that weird? Like someone's asked me, a part of it was my fascination with the genre itself because you and I were denied for the most part. Yeah, I guess so. Because mom wanted to play it safe. Like, okay, at this age, you can see this kind of movie, you can see this kind of movie, you know, and it's slow. Like, we could start off with the PG-13 stuff, like Critters and Gremlins and, you know. Uh, Leprechaun. Somehow we got to watch Lost Boys, which is an R-rated movie. Does it really feel R-rated, though? No. Leprechaun. Oh, my God, Leprechaun. Um, Tremors. Tremors, yeah. That's a great one we saw really early on. Um, and then, then uh, by 91, 92 is when I'm watching tons of slasher films. I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. And that would go for the next 10, 15 years, I would say. But by the time, I would say the, all those boring-ass ghost movies, yes, I get. They're high quality. They're, they're great actors. The production quality is amazing. The critics love them. I don't really care that much. And I don't watch torture porn. I don't watch Hostel and all that no, Saw uh, uh, bullshit. I watched a couple of Saw movies and I wish I hadn't. I didn't really want to watch Yeah, them. I like the first one. The first one's a good mystery. It has a good cast. After that, yeah. it's a gross-out fast. I prefer the monsters. I like classic monsters. The slasher film's weird because it's in the middle. It's kind of like with the serial killer movies that were so huge in the 90s. Uh. But with like a weird mythological, you know, Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers. They all have something kind of different about them like otherworldly yeah so they're usually better but a lot of those slash movies just don't hold up they're terrible terrible movies they're remembered usually for the special effects or some sort of twist ending like sleepaway camp do you know what one i liked it was that one that was like the documentary of the serial killer guy that was good leslie i don't remember what it was called. i know what you're talking about though uh that was a good look he was on the invasion right the one with the one arm yeah. And he grew the arm back or whatever. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember. That was a good one. They just got released by Shot Factory, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, Behind the Mask, I think yes, yes, it's called. Yes, yes, yes. A Leslie Vornan story or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Vernon um, Vornan, something like that. Uh, but here's the thing. is It seems like this was really close to the end of that quality. Yeah. And I want to put quality slasher films. Because I feel after that, everything started going straight to video. Because uh, we did have Urban Legend, yeah, um, which is fine, not great, but uh, I think it kind of caps off with Valentine and yeah. Cherry Falls, and then after that it was just done for. Yeah, no, I think those were pretty, really starting to go downhill. Yeah. Those, those weren't really Valentine, good. Valentine's not good, but it's kind of like, by the numbers, comfort food, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's a carbon copy of all the movies that came before, which in a way Scream was too. But just a lot smarter and a lot better acted. Still can't believe Henry Winkler. How did they convince Henry Winkler to show up? I love Henry Winkler. Um, this is the last thing I'll say about slasher films because you and I are going to have this uh, possibility to discuss it again. But um, it's not the first one. Black Christmas is the first slasher film, but Halloween is the one that changed the genre. You know, and everybody started copying off of Halloween. Do you get bothered by the fact that they keep erasing the history of Halloween? So yeah. They, because I'm bothered severely. Because they already did it with 4 and 5. So it was yeah, 1, 2, and then H2O. And now they're going to go and release... Okay, you, you know what? I'm fine with the resurrection being thrown away. That would suck ass. No, it does Trick sort of bother me. It's just sort of like... I mean, without 
Oh God, if I ruin something for somebody at this point, who fucking cares? I mean, if you if you haven't seen all of Lost, well then don't bother. But it's just like that whole last season of Lost is basically just like, oh, well let's just nullify all four seasons before that. That kind of thing. Oh God. You know your choices completely un have undone all of your previous right. work. I think as a writer, <laughs> it takes more talent to fix the mistake. Right, the ship instead of blowing the ship up and building a new ship. Yeah, no, I don't. I really don't care for stuff that's like. I mean, I know probably people make fun of that kind of thing or find it tedious, but you know, continuity matters. Yeah, it does, and I, I hate <laughs> they're me. constantly rehauling things. And no, James Bond kind of makes sense because I always felt like the double yeah. seven was just a number assigned yes. to a character. Yes. Um, what I don't like is that they slap Daniel Harris in the face when they. First off, they took her out of six. Oh, Daniel Harris, yes. Yeah, they took her out of six and had her killed off in the first five minutes, yeah. and then basically would fall around a new girl and Paul Rudd, which is always weird to me. That's all I really cared about, though. I was really committed. I was pretty committed to Daniel Harris. Well, I think a lot of it. I'm, I'm watching him right now, four and five, because we're doing that for Trash Cinema next month. Uh, she reminded me of you. Oh. You guys are very close in age when that was filmed. She was, what, six and you were eight when that... And she's adorable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you looked similar. And, you know, so you kind of had a connection to that, I think. Uh, but then H2O comes out, and they're like, oh, we're going to race four and five. I'm like, well, that that's kind of shitty to everybody. But then they're doing it again. So it's just like, look, now you're insulting Jamie Lee Curtis's previous performance. Why would Jamie Lee Curtis agree to, to erase that. her own performance? Because right. that was really good, though. Because she was drunk, she was damaged, mm -hmm. she had to just deal with the paranoia, and now apparently she's some sort of warrior. I don't know, Valkyrie warrior? <laughs> when, hey, I'm going to say something controversial. Jamie Lee Curtis is not why that series works. Donald Pleasance is why that series works. Hmm. Because he's so committed. And by the time 4 and 5 comes around, he's so committed that he should be committed. Because he's insane. He's just as crazy as his patients. His no, I passion get, I is palpable. Get that. Yeah. I kind of get and that. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, oh no, oh, oh, I'm a screw queen. I just... That's the thing, though, is that she never was like, she wasn't really a hero. No. Uh, DP. It, it was all about DP. Oh, God. That's a porno term. You know that, right? No. Donald okay. Pleasant. Sorry, Donald no. Pleasant. I'll never Not... say... I'll never shorten that again. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. Don't so, know. Don't ever want to know. So we, we threw in a little bit of H2O there for you, just for the hell of it. Uh, the Halloween talk. Okay, so that's it for this episode here. Check us out on Video Night, and uh, you'll find all our episodes there. Anything you want to plug before you go? Nope. Never? Nope. Ever? Mm-mm. Okay. Bye. How about, how about hair plugs? I'm bald. I can do some. Want to plug hair, those? My hair is luscious. You want to you wanna plug my skull? I have luscious hair. hair, even though some of it's gray. Doll hair! Okay, everybody have a good night. What the hell? I don't know.